In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. So, hey guys, we're going to be doing something a little different for about the next uh, two months. Uh, for the next couple months, we're going to be answering some of your questions that you commonly ask us through our social media outlets. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Guys, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post, and I want to talk to you about their Bourbon Barrel Aged Collection. This is a collection of roasted coffee beans that are literally put in 15-year-old Kentucky bourbon barrels and rolled in the barrels. No sugar is added, no artificial flavor is added like a lot of your flavored coffees. This comes out straight from the barrels. I'm not a flavored coffee guy, but I love the taste of this bourbon barrel coffee and the different flavors that manifest whenever I drink it. And so you might want to check it out, guys. I love this company. They've got phenomenal coffee, and I encourage you to go check it out. If you go over there to junipermountaintradingpost.com, and when you're going through checkout, if you enter the word arena, they will give you 10% off your purchase. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your guide and host of today's number one podcast on Spotify, guiding you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's show. Hey, guys, as you know, we are always collecting hero stories. We're looking for 365 hero stories every year. A hero story is a story of transformation that you've either seen in your life or for you wives, the man that you love. This is an opportunity for us to celebrate with you. And so when you write in with your hero story, if we use it, we want to send you some swag just to say thank you. In response to our video on TikTok, Dad, when you get home from work, don't sit on the couch because what happens from five to nine at night will be written on your tombstone. He said, you're right. Thank you. I'm getting up now. The switch has been flipped. It's exactly what I needed to hear. Cody, thank you, man. That is awesome. Hit us up at manandarena.org. We want to send you some swag to say thank you. Men of Illinois, Missouri, and Indiana, I'm having my first ever meetup tomorrow. Come and hang out with me in Mattoon, Illinois, September 26, 2023, from 4 to 6 p.m. I'll be at Starbucks at 1023 Charleston Avenue in Mattoon, Illinois. 
hey, if you're one of our followers, come and hang out with me. I'd love to uh, hear your story, buy you a cup of coffee, and just hang out. And I will even pay for your non-flavored coffee. If you hit me up ahead of time at info at menintherena.org telling me that you're in and what your favorite coffee order is, I will pick up your cup of joe. Again, no pumpkin spice lattes. That's a man law violation. God bless you guys, and we'll see you in Mattoon. Yeah, so the question is, should you say I love you to your wife, even if you're not feeling it, even if you're struggling would that be a lie? Well, it goes back to your definition of love, right? So if I say I love you to my wife, what I'm saying is I verb love you. I am going to love you. So we we use love like pizza. I love pizza. I love you. Well, I don't love combination pizza. So today I don't love you. And this is a problem, guys, because you're basing your love off of a definition of love that is not biblical. You're basing it off of a Greek word, eros, which is erotic or lustful love. I'm lusting. I don't know about you guys. I do have a lust problem when it comes to pizza. And so, but with my wife, I'm agape loving my wife. I am making a purposeful, cognitive decision to love her. I just drove her up to Portland and I dropped her off at the airport because she had an early report this morning and she didn't want to go alone. So I did what we call the queen drop-off. An hour and a half up, an hour and a half back. I am tired as I produce this podcast. But when I said I love her today and I prayed for her and kissed her when she went off onto the airplane, my love for her was agape and she received it as agape love because I made a decision to put myself aside and serve her. So if you don't feel love for your wife, should you still say you love her? Yes. Probably more. You should tell her that more when you don't feel like loving her, then when you do, because that is when God is reminding you to step out of your comfort zone and do something that is uncomfortable. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33, we, this is the household code. So we see three household codes in the Bible. First Peter chapter 3, it's like verses 1 through 8. I may be wrong. I'm I'm just answering your question. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, it's verses like 24 all the way into chapter 4 of Colossians. And then Ephesians 5. And in the Ephesians 5, God tells men four or five times, you'll have to go do a Bible study on your own and confirm this, to love their wives. In that passage, God never tells women to love their husbands. He tells women once to respect their husbands. You have to ask yourself, why did God do that? Well, here's why. He did it because as men, our default setting is to respect our default setting is not to love. So God is telling men to step out of their default and to love their wives. In other words, to make a conscious choice, a cognitive decision to sacrifice or serve their wife in a way they wouldn't normally do. So when you tell your wife you love her, even though you aren't feeling it, is that a lie? No, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to you, bro to do what God has told you to do. And I'm going to tell you something. When you choose to love your wife, when you choose that, your marriage will turn around. I just really believe that. You need to when you outlove and outserve your wife, when you agape her and you choose that, cognitively, decisively choose that, your relationship will change and maybe uh, I don't know you, but maybe your relationship with your wife is struggling because you are basing everything on a feeling, and that is not a biblical thing. That is a Hollywood thing, but not biblical. So this question is uh, directed from a 20-year-old man who's uh, wanting to become a fighter pilot, 
and he's asking about uh, how does a Christian reconcile their Christian faith with going to war and potentially harming or killing people in battle. So my, my answer to that is this. Violence is a part of our world. It always will be. Uh, if you look at Scripture, uh, the Bible is incredibly violent. In fact, over and over again, over and over again, we see the words destroyed, killed. We see these words more t- more than love in the Bible. So, so, so violence is a massive part. The Jewish people were incredibly violent. And so we have to ask, you know, if God is a God of love, why all the violence? Well, the, the answer, first of all, is because we're sinful people who le- need power and we're blood hungry. And so that is the simple answer. But to ask your, in the history of the church, there, in the Christian church history, we're going to direct you uh, in this video to a, a podcast episode I did where I talk about a Christian stance on war. But historically, there have been four views of, of war among Christians. The first one is crusade, which is where Christians would go into uh, regions uh, where people did not believe in Jesus and compel them to believe in Jesus or die, which is what when we experience the Crusades. And I think most people today who are believers are ashamed of that period of time. I just don't think that was a, a great uh, period of time for the church. I think that was a low point for the church. It was doing this was even seen as being more spiritual. And, uh, you know, I, I think most of us would say that was probably a fail on the church. The next theory is called just war. And this is something, a great example would be Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1944, the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. Uh, we were not at war with the Japanese. They came in, they, they jacked us up, you know, without us knowing. Uh, another one is September 11th, 2001, when the Twin Towers were uh, destroyed. And we responded to both those situations by going into war. And so that is called just war. It's a war based on we needed to defend ourselves because we were being attacked. That is my personal stance on war. That is my personal stance. But you have to determine your own. The next one is Christian pacifism, which is uh, I will not engage in violence in war. A great example of that is Hacksaw Ridge, the movie, where he was a pacifist. He saved like 75 lives in one night as a medic but he was he refused to kill other people so he was a pacifist so he was involved in world war II, but he was a a pacifist in the sense that he was non-violent the fourth understanding of war by believers is to not engage in war at all uh, to not uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a more passive where christian pacifism is an active role in pacifism martin luther king junior was a pacifist where he would march trying to cause change without creating violence the fourth understanding of violence in the church is is uh pacifism or christian resistance which is is i will not only will i not go to war but i will not engage uh in war i will not be a part of war i will not support war i'm going to completely remove myself from war and death and violence if you were to come into my house and start beating my children i would sit back and watch and pray i would not respond to that because i am a christian pacifist so that that is the least of my favorite i completely disagree with that view but for you that might be the way to go so those those are the four views of uh violence in the church. And so you need to pray and ask God to give you wisdom based on James chapter one, verse five, to what, what view you will hold towards uh, Christian violence and war.
The question is, do you have any father or son devotionals to do together? Again, all I have to go on is what I have done with my sons. And with my sons, I wrote uh, journal entries based on my own personal Bible studies, and I actually would read those to my sons at breakfast. And they literally are this book, my bathroom book for men. This book is filled with devotions I did with my children, and the journal entries I used are right here. These are 39 there are 39, I think, journals that I have filled over the course of 25, 30 years, and those became the devotionals for my children. So that's what I personally did. I love our Men in the Arena material. I think if you get take Strong Men, Dangerous Times, which is right here, or Guts and Manhood, which is right here, and you go through the end of the chapters with your sons, I mean, honestly, we're targeting men. What a better what better way to grow men, but take them through manhood material, father and son. So I recommend our resources or create your own. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than a dad creating his resources from things he's read, things he's learned, things that God is teaching him. That is the most powerful teacher. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. At the Men in the Arena podcast, we try to answer any questions that you have, so please keep sending them in. And if this podcast has helped you on your journey to becoming the best version of you, please like, subscribe, and share this link with one of your bros. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.